Health and well-being with Peter Mullen. Tuesday afternoon, Peter, perfect topic today for lunchtime because it is all about food today. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. So we're looking at food, but from a naturopath point of view. So we'll cover what you eat, but also a trek through some of the dietary options out there. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think um, even though it's winter, like spring's on its way. You can almost smell it out there today. Yep. You can. Okay. <laughs> um, so spring's on its way. And spring, like during winter, what's interesting is our bodies do fall in with the season. So winter, we are at a lower ebb. We tend to go for more starchier, more comfort foods. We'll talk about that more in a while. But now's the time to get a bit reinvigorated and refocus on what we're going to do come spring. Each season, uh, we're going to require different things, and our diet can certainly play a big part in getting those things for each season. Well, look, it's, it's, I like to think of it as, um, and these, these are just my, my versions of diet rules, but they kind of seem to make sense to me, and they've been around for 100,000 years. So Maybe guidelines instead of rules might be Yeah, this, this carrot, there's enough rules at the moment, isn't there? So maybe guidelines is a yeah. good, good tip. So guideline number one is to eat seasonally. Because interestingly, our body goes through, like we're a lot more connected with nature than what we think. You know, over winter, everybody's body is at a bit of a lower ebb. You know, we don't have as much energy or we don't feel as energetic. We want to stay inside. We want to keep warm. Um, And even what food we tend to crave over the winter months is different. And interestingly, the foods available over the winter month, like your, your root vegetables and things like that, are starchier and more fulfilling as well. So, Make, makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we should, we should ideally, if you live down in Tasmania somewhere where you only bought produce from the side of the road, and I know you can do that in other parts of Australia as well, but um, if you ate somewhere where you only bought produce seasonally or grown from the side of the road or from the farmer's markets up here in Newcastle, um, from one day to the next, you know, um, asparagus will be in one day and the next day it won't be in because it's not, the natural season for it to be grown. So what eating seasonally does, number one, is it keeps us in spring and summer. You think about, you know, the different types of fruits available. So, yeah, so the the, the seasons kind of match and the foods available kind of match where our body's up to energetically as well. Is it possible then that if we're eating out, out of season, because we know that now with food coming from all over the place, we think there not really is a season in terms of what we see in the shops, if we eat out of season, are we missing out on things? Because we're missing out on Absolutely. what would normally be around. Absolutely. So part of this idea of eating seasonally is that you're nutritionally picking up different nutrients at different times, and you're less likely to develop an intolerance to a food. Like we do a, a food intolerance test as naturopaths, and you can sort of see that the people, the foods that people are becoming reactive to are the ones that have just made up the basis of their diet. So it's having wheat every day. It's having dairy every day. Um, you know, like you don't see those intolerances develop with fruit and veg as much. But say, for instance, um, tomatoes, like tomatoes are probably good for us or are good for us in tomato season. But I don't know, know that we necessarily should eat tomatoes all year round, particularly if we've got inflammatory conditions. So, yeah, eating seasonally, um, guideline number one. And guideline number two, and and we'll just we'll get back to that in a minute. Guideline number two is trying to eat organic as much as possible as well. You know, where the fruit and veg um, growing in as natural environment as possible, where the soils are really replete with a lot of nutrition. Australia is an older continent, very old continent, and we don't have great levels of things like zinc and magnesium in our soils naturally. So um, yeah, if you can eat organic as much as possible, organic fruit and veg 
does seem to have higher levels of these essential nutrients that we need. So if our soils, as I know we've heard this a couple of times before, if they are low in those particular nutrients, um, what do we naturally have here that balances that out? Well, look, I'm not a farmer, but I imagine that there's um, different techniques that you know organic growers use to put those nutrients back in, whether it's what they fertilise with or whether they actually add minerals back into the soil. But, yeah, so it is a big challenge. Like I was reading an article recently. It was saying that the most common deficiency – we're off topic a little bit, but the mm. most common deficiency in the world is iron, which seems crazy. But, you know, there's a lot of countries in the world where people don't eat much animal protein. Um, most common deficiency is iron, and that's and iron is so important for everything from energy, fertility, um, whole host of things, immune mm. system. Um, the second most common mineral deficiency in the world is zinc. So iron and zinc sort of run close together and, you know, Australia is very low in zinc generally. So, yeah, our nutrients are going to be affected. So eating seasonally, eating organic and for me, the ideal diet, and I know today I'm going to talk about what I have in a day and I'd, I'd hate you to think that my diet is perfect, but there's a few guidelines that I sort of follow that I've, you know, come up with as well. But, um, yeah, eating eating seasonally, eating organic and eating as high a plant-based diet as possible. So I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, um, but I do eat a plant, um, a high plant-based diet. And I think there's lots of reasons why as high a plant-based diet as possible is so essential. Peter, it is a food day today, but on the phone at the moment, Carol has a question for you. G'day, Carol. Hi, how are you? Hi, Carol. Hi, Peter. How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. Very well. That's good. I have a three-year-old grandson who has... Bad eczema. Like, yes. um, and the part that worries me the most is he gets, doesn't get enough sleep because all night he is scratching, scratching. Yeah. We've tried every cream <laughs> possible. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see something, I think, oh, this might work, and it doesn't. So I'm thinking myself that it's got to be something maybe that he's eating, some sort of allergy that he's maybe allergic to something. And I was wondering if you do that sort of stuff at, at your clinic and... Um, what other alternatives I might have? Well, look, eczema, eczema is something that um, I'm definitely seeing a lot more commonly these days. There's more yes. and more kids being born that seem to have, you know, such a reactive skin straight away. Yep. And um, with eczema, the thing to keep in mind with eczema is it's a skin condition, but it's actually before it's a skin condition, it's an immune problem. Yes. And what's happening with these little kids is their immune systems are way too reactive to a whole host of things. Right. And in the bodies, the way the body and the immune system responds to what it perceives as either allergies, intolerances, or just overactive immune responses to different um, foods or environmental stuff, then the body throws out this rash on the skin. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. Yep. And that's why it's not um, just about creams, because creams, the only creams that really help really suppress that immune response in the skin. But as soon as you stop using those steroid creams, like it all flares back up again because yep, it's coming it yep. from inside. So my suggestion, or so, and we used to think in the old days that eczema was just all to do with allergy, but it's a whole host of possible immune reactions that your little grandson's having to possibly a wide range of things. And the trick is to try and narrow that down. So if you think... For me, eczema's definitely aggravate. Like we've got an overactive immune system, so we need to focus on gut health, get him onto the right style of probiotic, um, look at things like vitamin C and zinc to try and calm his immune system down. 
But then we also need to think about how much of um, how much aggravation may be coming from what he's eating. You know, he might, he might be twenty five percent from diet and seventy five percent from environmental triggers. Right. So yep. environmental triggers. The one of the biggest things I find is dust mite. Right. Um, you know, can really aggravate kids if they're particularly if they're sleeping. You know, in a room where there's old carpet or curtain on the walls or stuff yep. like that. So. Yep. It's a little bit of a, a trick. Definitely there's tests that naturopaths can do to work out what foods he's more reactive to, and that's always a good starting place. Mm-hmm. And then it's a matter of trying to work out, okay, we've we've done the food thing. That's improved a lot. Now we need to look at the environment, his room, low allergy, mattress, protectors, stuff like that. But generally with kids, you know, you can improve their symptoms a lot that they're not – um, having to use steroid creams all the time. So it's definitely yeah, worthwhile yeah. seeing someone. Thank you uh, so much for that, uh, Carol. Hope uh, Peter was able to help you out there. So talking uh, diets and, and all of that sort of stuff, Peter, we, we've mentioned some of the things that we can be lacking but we're, and timing. How important is this timing when it comes to food? Well, this is um, – so we've talked about, you know, as high a plant-based diet as possible, eating seasonally, organic and fr- at least fresh produce when we can, you know, shopping at the farmer's market, stuff like that. Um, the next thing that I – this is something that I really like the idea of, and it's called time-restricted eating, and this seems to suit my system. And the, the big thing with working out what's the ideal diet for the for the listener is to, to try a few different ones and find out what works well for you. So time-restricted eating is where um, basically I will have um, waking warm water with lemon juice in it, but I won't actually have breakfast till about 10.30. Now, this is interesting because it goes against all the old stories of, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You should eat breakfast. My wife, when she first started to try this time-restricted eating... I suppose it still can be, just at 10.30 in the day. Absolutely. Not at five or six. So the idea is that we're trying to fit in with the body's own natural circadian rhythm. So, you know, we should wake up when the sun comes up and we should go to bed a little bit after the sun goes down, maybe not right on top. And the theory is that our digestive fire is best in the middle of the day. So the idea is that you have your breakfast at 10.30, and I'll go over what I have in a minute, mm-hmm. lunch between 1 and 1.30, dinner between 6 and 7, and that you don't eat then from 7 o'clock until 10.30 the next morning. Spending more than half of the day um, not eating than, than, than actually having meals in it. Yeah, yeah, so the idea is, so by doing this um, um, time-restricted eating, we basically improve our insulin sensitivity. Um, it's been shown that there's an improvement in our immune function generally. Like every time we eat, interestingly, every time we eat, it does trigger an inflammatory response in the body. So if we're eating all the time, we're just contributing to an ongoing inflammatory onslaught. And our food doesn't just trigger that immune response when we eat it because we know you know, our gut wall is very reactive to what we're eating. There's also then the flow-on effect of those foods on our hormones and particularly the effects of carbohydrate and sugar on insulin. So in our Western world, we all eat way too many carbs, a lot of us, and we end up can end up with insulin resistance. Excess insulin promotes inflammation, may promote um, breast cancer and prostate cancer as well. So... Food affects us in lots of different ways. Food, think of food as um, like little messages to our body, telling our body either to be happy and healthy and well or telling our body to be inflamed, cranky and 
Obstropolis. <laughs> you just made that up. All right. <laughs> I did uh, make that last one up. So a couple of things to keep in mind there, uh, Peter, and thanks for that. We'll come back and uh, wrap up with health and wellbeing with Peter Mullen today. We'll find out exactly what Peter is. See if he's actually uh, putting his money where his mouth is. <laughs> when it comes to mealtime, you've basically came up with all of these guidelines and rules for us for what we should eat, when we should eat, how we should eat, and you've done everything except you know whether we should be eating with a spork spoon or a, or a spork or a, a spork or a spork exactly or a food. them too. Um, but what does your typical Peter Mullen health diet look like? What, what does that look like for you? All right, so going back to those guidelines that we discussed initially, eating seasonally whenever we can, mm. um, although I am a bit of a um, – I don't always follow that when it comes to avocado because they are a favourite I'm happy with that. I use the avocados a bit more than the average bear too, I've got to yeah, say. Mm. Yeah, nothing like a good avocado. So, um, yeah, so eating seasonally, eating organic as much as we can or at least at the farmer's markets. Um, timing, I said, is important. It seems to work really well for me. Mm. So I'll have my lemon in water first thing in the morning and I – Ideally in warm water, but I, I just have it in room temperature. I guess that's going to depend on the time of the time of year. I mean, in the middle of summer, you're probably uh, not. Absolutely. Doing... And, and lemons aren't going to be all available all year round either. So maybe hot water when the lemons run out. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast at 10.30, I take to work a smoothie. And in my smoothie, I have 250 mils of unsweetened coconut milk. I think I'm using it at the moment. And then I do a tablespoon of chia seeds tablespoon of raw cacao you know like raw raw cocoa yeah and um it's really it's really nice it's got that chocolatey flavor and look without being sweet and i do a collagen protein powder that we have at work that i find is really good um so it's not dairy not dairy based or pea protein so it seems to digest quite well and then sometimes i'll put some berries in that as well so i blend all that up and add ice so that's what i have for breakfast Lunch, you know, I was saying before, as high plant-based diet as possible. So we always try Monday to Friday, never perfect, but Monday to Friday I always try and have two pieces of fruit a day. So I might have a piece of fruit with my smoothie or I might have a piece of fruit in the afternoon. Lunch, I always try and do either um, salad in summer with some protein, fish, chicken or or lamb or something. Um, Or in winter, like today I think I've got a lamb shepherd's pie that has the you know mashed potato on top with some mashed veggies that I'm just going to heat up at work. Mm. Um, so again, trying to get some increased plant base at lunch, two pieces of fruit, and then dinner. Um, tonight, I think we're having... Um, I like how you're pointing to all of these with, I think I'm having, I think. So <laughs> basically what that tells me is that um, Peter's other half, Dana, does all uh, the meal yes, prep at yes. home. I do have to actually yeah. say that, that, you yeah. know, my meal, I'm very fortunate that Dana is an amazing cook. And we do, on weekends, we do do, we do, do food prep. So for the, on the weekends, we'll cook up, Dana, sorry, Dana will cook up a heap of mashed veggies. I'm very good at washing dishes. So dinner tonight, I think, will be fish, which I caught on the weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you for asking. And we'll be having, we didn't, but okay. <laughs> and we'll be having veggies with that. So fresh blackfish cooked in the oven, and um, having steamed veggies or mashed veggies with that. We love we love mashed veggies. It's like baby food. You get potato, sweet potato and pumpkin as a base. Mash that all up with some butter, hundred percent butter. Um, some we put a, some soy milk in that or some almond milk. 
salt and pepper and then steam the broccoli and zucchini and squash and all of that and then top that in on top and then add it all up and then we'll have that over the week. Now, I'm sure there's a few cheat days that you've got to allow yourself in all of that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Mm. Once a week, we will most likely do a takeaway sort of thing. Mm. But um, there's a few places around that we'll get Indian, I quite like, as a takeaway. Um, I'm a bit fond of pizza, but I'm a bit special about the base. I like a gluten-free Okay. Special's the word. Well, well they do that. They, you know, that's <clears> a yeah, thing there's, these no, days. There's, look, there's so many options these days mm. to eat healthier, even if you're going to have you know, some takeaway mm. once a week as well. I mean, it might not be the $5 pizzas, but, you know, there are options out there. <laughs> All right, mate. So well, lots to lots to take in there. Obviously, prepare your meals if you can. That's your best way of making sure that you can you're not get into the lazy habits too, I guess. Yeah, Of absolutely. going, oh, I haven't got time, so I've just got to grab something that falls outside of the guidelines. Yeah, eating eating healthy actually does take a fair bit of work and organisation, and um, yeah, so it really does. It's a bit of a joint effort. Like we think about our meal plan a week ahead. You know, we do that shopping at the market. Dan will go to the markets. I sometimes sleep in Sunday mornings. <laughs> Um, but then we'll do food prep on a Sunday or a Saturday if we're going out on the Sunday and just get organized. But the other really quick cheat is to try and sneak superfoods in whenever you can. So in my smoothie, I'll often put maca powder in that. Um, sometimes I'll put frozen berries in. Um, with When we have a salad coming up to spring, um, we'll do nuts and seeds on our salad at lunchtime. So anywhere you can sneak in some extra nutrition as well is always going to be beneficial. All right, just about lunchtime, I'd say. Peter, thank you as always. So you'll be back next Tuesday for another Health and Wellbeing. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, wellbeing, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.